Tammy told me to shave my canines down once. <laughs> was... She's talking teeth, not dogs. No. <laughs> shave your fucking dogs, Georgia. <laughs> I can't cope with these hairy dogs. Welcome and thank you for listening to Almost Almost Famous, the podcast where actors, writers, comedians talk about the ups and downs, ebbs and flows of working towards making them this crazy biz and how they're almost, almost famous. I'm your host, Daniel Acker. Today's guest is the creator and star of Open House and has starred in Criminal Minds, Reverie, Jono and Michael Dry, and is a voice in the animated show Spirit Writing Free, Writing Academy. It is the incredible, amazing, wonderful Georgia Dolans. Oh, thank you. What an intro. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Thank Good. you. I'm glad. All true. All true. Oh, I love starring in Criminal Minds. <laughs> yeah. Now I enjoyed you, that. I enjoyed that. Yeah. You, I carried the show. I carried Were you it. criminal or were you minds? I can't I remember. Was, <laughs> at times both and at times neither. Right. Yeah. You were Tabitha criminal and at other times you were Nancy yeah. Minds. <laughs> That's a great show. That needs to be a show. Yeah. Tabitha I, criminal. <laughs> And her, her wacky analytical <laughs> partner, Nancy Mines. Oh my gosh. I love it. You're going to ask, why acting and creating and writing? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, why acting? Write, yeah, specifically? why? Or, oh. or writing or creating or anything and writing, in business. All of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh God. Do, we, do any of us know trauma? <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. That's an obvious one. Yeah, there you have it. Acting, I've just been doing it since I was like eight. Not professionally, just in my bedroom. No, I did like a ton of plays and, and village plays, very English, and loved it. And, you know, my dad, my parents are in the industry. My dad's in the industry. He's a musician and actor. So I can't deny that that was, you know, just, it was an avenue. It was one that was accessible. Or at least I could, you know, see it, see what it was. And I'm the youngest, and I think that, I don't know, we're trying to get attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you yeah. just do a little dance, and you think, oh, I'll do that again. <laughs> mm-hmm. By having a uh, dad that was in the, in the industry, so to speak, mm-hmm. did that interest you? Were you like, oh, or did you get, to, you get to see, like, actually a full kind of picture of what it could be? Yeah, it, in an odd way, it, 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 exactly that. I sort of saw the good and the bad. So I... I loved performing and I loved and theater in particular, and I still love theater. It still kind of wins out a lot of the time for me because there's something incredible about being in a room and telling a story and having a whole bunch of people go through it with you. And you get to kind of weave this, this tale and, and, you know, they go through all these emotions and, and he got that and he, and he would, and he has always sort of promoted the good and the bad and, and the show and the business side, you know, how they're sort of different. So I think early on, I got to see really what I, why I liked it and why, what were the good things and, and what I wanted to focus on and what I wanted to make sure I avoided. And yeah, it, it did help, definitely getting a bit yeah. more of a perspective. George's dad as uh, Mickey Dolans, who is a member of the Monkees, one of mm-hmm. the biggest bands in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you had level-headed parents with it who could who could basically show you like there's a lot of good things there's a lot of bad things yeah absolutely yeah completely I think they did so I mean I don't praise them enough for that because yeah they they were they were great with that very level-headed uh very practical at the same time like god go off and do what you want to do you know have fun and explore different things and yeah 
I'm incredibly grateful. When did you, or did you decide like, oh, I prefer comedy or I have a more comedic bent or were you kind of like, oh, I like to do drama as well or comedy or whatever? I remember very early I was, oh God, how old was I? Not t- hmm, 10, 11. And I was doing a play, a village play, <laughs> a pantomime, <laughs> a very classic English Christmas time play. And I got cast as the, as the cat in uh I think it was Dick Whittington or one of the plays. The coveted role. <clears throat> the co- well, no, it wasn't. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that bad time. It was something where it wasn't. It was like this sort of side written in role of a cat. So maybe it was like, I don't know, whatever, a different one. And they were like, yeah, you're the comedic relief <laughs> between scenes. And oh my God, like a light went off. And, you know, everyone else is doing, it's, a, it's already a comedy, but everyone's pushing the story ahead. And I'm just sort of, rolling in doing pratfalls and you know and it was brilliant I just yeah something went off in my head it was like oh yeah yeah I want to make people laugh or at least try by falling over yeah you do love a good pratfall oh I love it you know that I do I love a good fall your humor is it's sometimes so painfully British it's like 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 we've had moments working together where you're like, I find this funny. And I'm like, oh yeah, I like this too. And then you'll show me some other show that's like the biggest show in the UK. Oh and I'm like, God. this does not play here. No, it it's, does. Like, it's like a, a show where someone's like cooking a soup and then spilling all the hot water on them. Yes. And then, slipping yep. and then opening a door, closing a door, opening a window. Yeah. Something breaks, someone falls. It's yeah. It's just a lot of falling. And you're like, that this is. is one of our smartest comedies. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> can you not see the wit in this? <laughs> You know, pull out the wit. I also love it because for the listener, for a lot of the listeners, you could probably just make up anything about your childhood and, and London and people would be like, oh, I guess they have these things called village plays that are pantomimes with cat people. Like it, like, it doesn't I think, matter. I, yeah, I worry that even in, yeah, people in England are like, what the fuck is she talking about? <laughs> what are you on about? That's not true. I have those moments though where I I say something and I go, wait a minute, why do I, is that true? Is that what English people do? This is the thing with parking on the street. It, you know, here you're not allowed to park facing the, facing different ways on the same side of the street. Mm. And in England you park, you can, mm. but I doubt that now. And now I think, did I make that up? Can we do that? Where is England? What is it? Is <laughs> yeah. it real? <laughs> yeah. Should I just dream it in my mind yeah. one night? Am I from LA? What is <laughs> When did you move to Los Angeles? Like uh, 2010. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, so like 11 years ago now. Yeah. How are you liking it? I like it. I was going to, when I moved here, I was like, I'll do it for a year and then see how I feel. And then, uh, yeah, 11 years later, I just kept, yeah. kept rolling. It wasn't like I moved on a whim. I mean, you know, my family live out in LA and, you know, I lived here as a kid, but yeah, I needed a change and, you know. Mm-hmm. wanted to wanted to move I get itchy feet and then when you looked at the map England just didn't exist and you're like, Wait a minute. <laughs> where am I where am I when I was a kid actually growing up in both places I thought all countries were sort of attached to California or England I, you know everything was either stuck onto either landmass that was my uh, whole world the planner I didn't register for you no <laughs> you're like I guess we're going a the sim- long way it was a simulation now, do you have any desires to be rich and or famous? Like, is that something that's crossed your mind where you've been like, yeah, hell yeah. I think to say you don't have a desire to be rich is, <sighs> I just don't believe you. Um, I, you know, 
I think there's a saturation point with rich, the rich bit. I, you know, I, I truly believe that. I feel like I don't need to, in my idea, yes, I want to be rich, but my rich might not be your rich. I don't need eight Learjets, you know, um, I'll just have two. <laughs> I just, yes, a normal amount. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know, for me, yeah, I want to be comfortable financially and be able to travel and maybe just not do anything I don't want to do. Uh, the famous bit, oh God, I really, I do struggle with that because, and this kind of goes back to growing up kind of around it i've always seen it it is the price you pay a little bit and it's very different to getting recognized and appreciated by your peers and your colleagues and people by your work i feel like that exists separately to fame sometimes and it can often Um, and that's important that's great but the famous bit yeah i think um it can be at a certain point a real cage i mean i guess like we said you did have a front row seat to someone who I would say navigated it fairly well. Like, yes, you know, so, so for some people I've, who I've talked to have been like, Oh God, no, no, I, I wouldn't want to do it. But you go like, you know what? I, I think if it were to happen, you kind of would have a better sense and you actually can go to someone in your own life and your own family and be like, this is crazy. Yes. And they can truly understand. Yeah. Not just like, oh, I, I'm sure it is. Like you actually could have someone to speak to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, and, you can't, and oftentimes you can't really control that part. So you, I always think, uh, and the rich bit, you know, you just do the things you enjoy and believe in and want to do. And sometimes the, the famous bit really can hit randomly um, and unexpectedly. And it's, uh, yeah, you just got to know how to deal with it. And I, d- I mean, who knows? I, I, you know, no one's got the answer to that, really, even if you've been through it. I think it's mm-hmm. just a weird situation. Fame feels so out of one's control. Why yeah. you're famous, Absolutely. why people are coming up to you, yes. what people want from you, expect from you. Yes. And yeah. the, the rich side is kind of more or less all in your control. You hold the currency and you yeah. decide where to go. And, and, you, and you hold, yeah, and you hold the, the, your idea mm-hmm. rich. You know, yeah. you've been doing a lot of uh, voiceover work. How's that going? How's that feeling? What's oh boy, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I really do. There's and there's like, you know, what a great anonymity mm-hmm. <laughs> to that. But I, um, yeah, I, I really and I love the cartoons, um, and doing that stuff. I just, yeah, I just really enjoy it. You get to wear whatever you like, well, not whatever you like, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just yeah turn up it's it's not 15 hour days you know yeah i don't know anyone that does vo that's like ugh, kill me no <laughs> one is like it's the, it's the best it's no, the best it is so good and you get to play characters you know you'd never be cast as because they're frogs or something you know and, and they're they're two-dimensional and, they're they're just, and it's hard <laughs> to get those roles it's hard yeah, to flatten it's out hard like to that. flatten out <laughs> Yeah, I, I, yeah, love it. Absolutely love it. It's so fun. And everyone, I feel like I've been so lucky with the people I've worked with, all the, produ- the production companies and the, and the other cast members and everyone's just so, yeah, so lovely. And I feel like I'm sure with what we would call your accent, but just your voice, it's, it's <laughs> been a, a great benefit because it's sort of like, you're not putting anything on. You're like, this is just my speaking voice. Yeah. God, I, what a, I appreciate the way you said that. You were like, we'd say your accent, but it's your voice. <laughs> so yeah. it is. I don't have an accent. Um, yeah, it has helped massively, uh, you know, being here. Um, I also sound like a child 
which is why I get cast as a kid a, a lot. And I think that you lean into what you naturally, yeah, where you naturally mm-hmm. sit. We got to perform together in yes. Sunday Company, Groundlings. Where do you sit with like sketch comedy and improv and all that in that world? You know, sketch, I, I do love. There's something so nice about just writing something that's three minutes and just doing it and making, trying to get people to laugh. I, I do enjoy that still. And, you know, the stuff we've done together and with our friends and it, it is just such a blast. And I think for me, th- they're always nuggets to like a, a, a different end. So they're, they're characters I'd create and then they turn into other things that are bigger and TV shows or pilots or, you know, whatever. That I really love. Improv. I do enjoy improv when <laughs> if I'm with a, you know, in a group of people that I, you know, know and get on with, but I, I've never, uh, yeah, I don't have like a massive pull to do improv shows. I don't know mm-hmm. why. The fun of improv is the people you're doing it with. So it's like, oh, if you have yes. a great group of friends, it's like, great. But is, if you're like walking down the street and there's a group of people, like, we're about to do some improv, come, come jump no. on with us. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, I've got no interest. But if it's people you really know and you love, then, oh my God, it's yeah. so fun. It's, yeah, it's brilliant. You're just having a whale of a time. I feel yeah. like that'd be like a slight indicator. Like there's people who are like, would jump up with anybody, with any person. Yeah. Because they're like, this is what yeah, I want to do. It's... And there's other people who are like, it's the people I'm doing it with. Yeah, absolutely. It's like some, it lights a fire in some people and that's great. And I think that in an odd way, I'm, I'm more, imp- I improvise more like, on jobs in set on sets and in roles and like I enjoy that I really love it when somebody's like all right we've got it so now just you know go for it mm-hmm. uh we did that when we did the open house film I feel like yeah. <laughs> the short film the two of us went off on a couple oh yeah I mean and antique clock <laughs> right. and I believe there was some fart joke or something you made <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> it always ended in a toilet joke and then yes. I had to cut it yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of uh, Georgia, I got to be part of this great uh, short film she did called mm. Open House. It's hilarious. It's fantastic. And she's out and about doing things with it. We can't get into too much, but I- No, yeah, yeah. Well, we're pitching a, it, so fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah it, sell it. it is such a fun, fun idea. Where did the character or the main character, Trudy, kind of come from? She's a real estate agent. Yes, an awful human. She's a real collaboration of like a lot of people I've met over the years and sort of amalgamated into, into one. Um, in a loving sense, she's a little bit of my mother um, <laughs> in the best possible way, if she's listening. Um, uh, just the blunt, you know, element. But yeah, like I, I collect people. I often sort of, someone says something and, uh, you know, I watch people and I, I take pieces of them and then they Form. And this is in your basement when you find yeah, I've been physically, little base. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I physically collect people. Um, <laughs> and take lot. take pieces of them. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> What's happening? No one would suspect <laughs> serial killer George Adolphus. <laughs> oh my god, you guys are missing out. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. So that's her, and then <laughs> she's a Frankenstein bloody mess <laughs> that I built. Yeah. And I, you know, I love awful, I do love awful characters. I love playing them. That's my favorite. And yeah, just flawed, terrible people. I find them funny. And, um, and I think it's important to laugh at them and, and with those situations. So someone we really like is Ricky Gervais, who, yes, you know, kind of his big characters to start were just these like awful yeah. people 
putting people in just kind of like uncomfortable situations. And there's a lot of people who just don't like that humor. I love it. No, I love it. Um, And I feel like, yeah, with your character, Trudy was like a similar effect where I think there's just a great uh, thing you have by, by having the voice you have. There's some weird American assumption that like, you know what you're talking about. You're smart, you're capable, (laughs) you're good. And then as it goes on, you realize like, you're, you're just, as dumb as the rest no, of us. Yes. Or, or worse, it's like, oh my gosh, like you're given all this kind of trust and expertise. And as you talk more and more, it's like, oh no, we're in a bad situation. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, and that's a huge part of why she exists. It's sort of people default to like, oh, you're English. Oh, you sound so intelligent. You know what you're talking about? I was like, oh my God, no. Like British people, I mean, no, that's just not true. Just idiots, just... <laughs> a ton of idiots um and i love that when yeah people it's like they get away with more and you also love a character that like digs their own grave and gives themselves enough rope to hang themselves like you just have a very good yes kind of absolutely verbal talking until the point when it's like it's it's you've gone too far you just you just did something so so terrible but we're here stuck in it yeah Wow. Maybe that's, that's like a real thing of me. I dig myself into graves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Do you, do you feel like you're an overtalker, oversharer anyway? Or it's like, or you like to just be like in a character, I like to explore this. No, I really love to explore it in the character because I think in real life I get scared of that. And my friends at home, we used to have this phrase called beer fear, which is like beer, mm-hmm. like the drink and then fear. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> translating it but it's when you wake up the next morning you're like shit what did I say like oh my god what had it I got a little loose and I just went off on some tangents and I you know it, yeah. it's that it's the overthinker in me but I think what's nice is then those characters you just you yeah go for it yeah fill your boots mate no say whatever you beer. like do you have personal moments for yourself when you feel like you've made it or hit milestones that's like a massive focus for me in the last in the recent years and stuff just to take stock and be and say you did this this was big and and celebrate it and appreciate it because at the end of the day it, it there isn't really an end point to any of this it doesn't matter what you're doing um apart from death <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty final but yeah so I, i'm trying to i i am trying to get good with that i'd say recently one of the things was you know, getting the toy of my character in that Netflix show and seeing it in Target, you know, like a little toy of my character. I was like, wow, that's really, that's incredible. That's really cool. I've never, never thought I'd have, that would happen. So yeah, I think I'm, I'm getting, I'm working on it, but I'm getting better at appreciating that sort of stuff and saying, you know, you did something. Mm-hmm. Did you, when you were at Target, did you kind of just wait when kids would come up? Like, what about that one? Yeah. <laughs> no, I bought them all. <laughs> It's <laughs> like get the fucking way. These are my toys. Have you given yourself a, a definition of success? Do you know the more I go in my wise old age, um, the more I go through life, the more it always comes back to the people that are around me, or like my personal life in in a way, my friends and family, and the kind of yeah, the connections I make, the fact that they're real connections, that I have a real sort of nice the people I love the people I'm loved by I don't know that, that to me is so much more that's been something I've been really thinking about a lot recently I think success you know in your career 
it's lovely to, to work and do something and it for it to pay your rent and to support you. But I think, oh, yeah, I just keep coming back to in your deathbed. What are you, what are you clocking? Like, what are you going? Wow. That was, I had a successful life or I achieved something. <laughs> just me and my bodies in my basement. Yeah, exactly. You look around, they're all mangled yeah. and you're like, oh. Yeah, it's just they're all mangled. <laughs> yeah, I fucking did it. I never I got it. caught. <laughs> yeah, so for you, it's it's moved much more to a kind of the intangible, the like success being like the, oh, the strong connections and bonds with friends and family, the people I've met, the lives that have touched me, that I've touched. And experiences, mm-hmm. you know, the place that the traveling and the, yeah. Yeah. I feel like all those things are, can, can live longer. <laughs> like they have, they have a longer yeah. shelf life. They're more infinite where yes. success, like we just talked about, it, it's like you have to like truly measure the moment when it's happening to like even register yes. it. But like a yeah. lifelong friendship pays dividends. And also I would argue that that other stuff is the base, the basis of all the other sort of financial work success, like a lot of the stuff I create and write and work on is, is drawn from, you know, it's like influenced by that stuff. If that's not there, you've got nothing to write about. So yeah, I, I, I think at the end of the day, that's really important. Yeah. Do you feel like you've gotten some, some bad advice in your career? Oh God, probably. I think somebody told me to shave my canines down once. <laughs> She's talking teeth, not dogs. No, <laughs> shave your fucking dogs georgia (laughs) i can't cope with these hairy dogs yeah no my my teeth i don't even have as you can see i don't have canine you know sharp ones but who knows maybe that was they were too fangy for them odd piece of advice i didn't take it you'd be pleased to hear but that was that was terrible who gave that advice someone who's (laughs) anti-vampire some some agent years and years ago i mean Shave your canines down is pretty, <laughs> pretty incredible. So specific. It is. I bet it's so specific that like when you heard it, there's a party that went, well, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe. wait a minute. Yeah. Huh. Why would they say that? Yeah. If they just said shave all your teeth down, it's like, that's too many teeth. You don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. But you this have person. So many teeth. They, they got specific and that piqued my interest. I thought, oh. Yeah. And now I imagine that agent, like when they send their clients out, they've gotten so many calls. Like we love them. They're incredible. They're perfect. A bit fangy. <laughs> Too pointy in the teeth department. Pull it back. Get them to pull it back. Yeah. Do you think this person might have heard someone say like, they're a bit long in the, in the tooth <laughs> and not understand that that statement means they're a bit old. So they literally thought they had to shave their fangs down. Oh my God. Yeah. You need to look a bit younger. Get lob those, <laughs> lob those peeps off it's there's so many routes it could go either that guy mm. or their, their brother or sister was a dentist that needed work yeah obsessed and some teeth. clients my way and this i'll file a couple couple yes weeks. you're right a little side bit side hustle yeah. get that commission and then that dentist for a lot of patients when they're there they're like hold on a second you got an actor's face and there's yeah. the person's like <laughs> yeah, oh I've thank got, you i've got an agent for you <laughs> they might oh, send wow. you back to me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the biz baby <laughs> It's show business. I guess when you have been working, because you do have the experience of this, what would be differences you find in when you were performing in London to being out here? There is a huge emphasis on your credentials in England as an actor. What drama school you went to, 
what training you had. And I think there's a lot of theatre um, and that's held a lot more, it's held higher. Oh, that's my stomach. Do you hear the stomach rumble? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think that was a big difference. And here there isn't really, there isn't that. But yeah, I, you know, I think that that's, that's the, big, the biggest difference other than, and, and I would argue that here there is a real sense of continuous training, whereas in England there's an emphasis on the initial training and then it's like, right, off you pop, like, mm. head out, don't you take a class again. Yeah, that's very different here. There's a, there is your, there is a, like, a opinion of just constantly working on your craft. Interesting. Is there one that you kind of are like, I kind of, I kind of like how they do it here or there? I, I actually enjoy the fact that in America, it's a little bit more of like, can you do it? Like, just show, like, I don't care where you went to college or where you trained or whatever. Like, what are you, you know, are you good for this? At the same time, there is a feeling in England of getting into the industry and being an actor that it holds a lot of weight. It doesn't have the like, I want to be a movie star. You know, it, obviously there are people that think that, but people go to university and they train for it and they go to drama school and it's a very intentional decision. And maybe that doesn't always happen in America because there's a little bit like, yeah, you can do it. Come on down. You know, (laughs) my dentist said I was good. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely, you know, of course, theater has a much longer, richer history in England. So that Mm -hmm. makes sense that over time, universities there'd be training there'd be like a a bigger focus and you know so when you're going through it and going through school that when someone makes that choice they're on that track yes yeah feels like a clear like you go to these schools that allows you to go here and in the u.s it is a little bit of like there's theater departments kind of in every school and some are maybe regarded a little bit better than others but overall it's like okay and There's theaters kind of all over. Like New York is has, you know, it's kind of more of the theater hub. And if you yes. can do things there, it's a little bit more clout. But yeah, if someone goes like, I've done a performance here and here and here, like it's not going to click. But I bet mm-hmm. in London you say a couple theaters and it's like, oh, okay. Yes. I know, I know what it takes to get in there. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, and there is a bit of a hierarchy, which I don't know if that's good. Like it's sort of you do your understudy runs before you get the you know, a place in it and the, you know, real role. And there, there are that kind of annoying hierarchy that I think is some, somewhat unnecessary and a bit pompous. And it's expensive to not to go to university in England. It's not as, it's not super expensive, but definitely drama school is expensive. And then it cuts out a lot of people um, that can't do it. And so then, yeah, I don't think that's a good thing. But so yeah, pros and cons. How do you handle the kind of ups and downs of this. There's so many times when you're like, oh, great, I'm working, I'm busy, and then it's gone for a while. And like, how do you handle why you're working? And then kind of more importantly for the listeners, how do you handle what do you do when you're like, there's that lull, there's that like break? It is tough. I, I think that not performing is is tough and I've really felt it in the last year and a half. And, you know, we were doing monthly shows and, and for a long time and there is, it like, it lets the valve out and even auditioning and auditioning in person is like a little show in a way. And that can, that crept up on me. I, I didn't, it took about 10 months and I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. I need to, I was getting a little annoying and sort of showy around the people that in my bubble <laughs> putting on mini living room sketches. Um, 
I, I do love to write and I love to, and I think I, I divert my attention. So I'll, I'll sort of, if I'm, if I'm not performing or if I'm not working or, you know, doing a specific project, then I try and be like, well, okay, where can I funnel this, this sort of creative energy elsewhere? Um, and sometimes it's nice to just not, I honestly just take a break because it can, it's exhausting. It's a piece of yourself. You know, you're, if you're performing, especially it's uh, we're, we're told to just hustle, hustle, hustle. And if you, you know, if you're not working or not getting any jobs, like keep hustling. Sometimes it's like, Oh, or just take, take a bit of a time, have a cup of tea and relax and do something that's not even to do with the industry, you know, do mm. something. Can you hear my cat screaming? Like, uh, yeah. Cats. Did they find one of the bodies? Yeah, they find, they finally <laughs> eaten through them all. Yeah. And now it's just, yeah, they've come for me. So <laughs> We all knew uh, it was headed here. We, <laughs> sorry, it's going to end up. I think telling yourself to, you don't have to constant, you know, that it's okay, to, that it's a break or you're not sort of working is a, big, is a big lesson that you learn after a while. Yeah, there is definitely this strong strong desire of like well it's always you got to do something you got to keep doing something and then to have that comfort to go it is okay yes to do nothing to do nothing with no no plan of what you're going to do like just like i don't i don't know something will come when it does but like for now i'm going to enjoy not having to do and oftentimes things do come out of that because you've cleared your head and you're not, you know, you step back from stuff. I remember in the middle of the pandemic or earlier this, no, I don't know where we are in the pandemic. Um, we're still in the middle, but early this year, I, uh, I took a poetry class and I just was, you know, I love poetry. I've always written poetry and I, I'm terrible at it. I think I want to get better. And, you know, that's not a moneymaker. That's not, and I'm not doing that to, I'm not going to write a poetry book, but I just thought, I don't want to do this. I want to spend my time doing this and it's not going to feed something um, directly right now, but who knows what it, what it'll sort of feed. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Might be opening doors that I don't realize yet, but it was something that I enjoyed. So yeah. Throwing in interests and hobbies unrelated. Like it's, it's a weird thing. Cause it's, it's nice. It's like, it's like a break and yet you can't help cause you're stooped in the business of going like, it might come up later you know it might be just like yes. a, a like a yeah. treasure trove you're not even plotting for but it's sort of like yep. I feel like don't ever do it a thing because you're like this might become something like do it because you generally have an interest yes. in it don't be like exactly. I wouldn't be like yeah poetry poetry will help my writing and I, I can pretend to like poetry it's like no if you have an interest in poetry great yeah and it could be like 10 years later where you're just like oh my oh my gosh like because yes. of that knowledge now I now know how this needs to be shot like I know the framing I want I know the poetic look like it's it I would say one of the nice things with this pursuing this career whether it's writing acting both whatever it is one of the few where like your whole life becomes things to farm from to to absolutely I agree I think that it it all feeds it Mm -hmm. I absolutely because yeah it feeds into it. We're dealing with empathy and emotion and stories. So that's life. Speaking of empathy and life and emotion, this is the time in the show when the insult comic comes out. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's the roast. Oh, I love this. We're gonna, so we're going we're gonna to bring out uh, <sighs> Raz Clifford. Come on out, Raz. Oh, wow. 
We got Georgia Dolans. Oh, yikes. This podcast is going downhill fast. Now, listeners, Georgia is named after a state she wouldn't dare set foot in. You'll never find her there. Now, for those with a keen ear, don't let the accent fool you. Georgia is quite dumb. <laughs> There's a fun fact about her. Her father was in the band The Monkees in Georgia. I'm a believer that you're a piece of shit. She's also one of the voices of a kid's animated show about horse riding. She got the part because it called for someone who is a stuck-up bitch. Cassie was like, look no further. It's got to be Georgia. Oh, my God. Georgia's out right now pitching a show called Open House, which is ironic because I'm sure she's gotten a lot of doors slammed in her face. Boom, and that's the Raz, Georgia. If you see me out and about, don't be surprised if I run the other way. I don't want to become one of your bodies in your basement. Oh, my God. I enjoy it every time. I enjoy it every time. Yeah, which is also just, I feel like a, a very British thing. Yeah. I feel like most people <clears throat> from England would like a roast. Absolutely. Not, not just on Sundays. No. <laughs> yes. No, I think you're right. We enjoy, yeah, we want to be slapped down a couple times. Mm-hmm. We do it with each other. It's, in, it's, you know. You know, another thing we could bond on is like we could, we could, you know, take the piss out of each other. It was sort yes. of just like, yeah, this is a very like, it, uh, you say the worst things. Yes. I don't care. Like, I know it's not like, if you were genuinely upset, it being British, you wouldn't say a word. No. <laughs> <laughs> you would just, and then I'd be like, oh, I think, I don't think, I think Georgia really likes me. Like, really I agree. Yeah. It's part of, uh, yeah, it's disarming, I think. What makes you gravitate, not just like sense of humor, are there, are there other personality traits you kind of look in your, your people, in your friend zone? Oh, other than, oh yeah, other than roasting me. <laughs> That's number yes, one. Yeah. If they can, yeah. yeah, take the piss. Oh, great question. God, yeah. What is, what is something else I look for? I, you know, intelligence in a, in a way of um, kind of, I don't mean in the conventional society view of intelligence, but like curiosity and, 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 and sort of curiosity about the world. And I think, I think a lot of the people, my friends and people I surround myself have that kind of awareness. Uh, I enjoy that sense of humor and, you know, compassion. I, I'm lucky. I do. Uh, yeah. A lot of my friends are very open and, and loving and compassionate and, and, and empathic. If not acting, writing, creating, which is what you should be doing mm. and what you are doing, what other career path would you like or other area of interest that you'd be like, oh, I might go back to school for that or something? Astronaut. Hand, hands down. Hands down, astronaut. I think it's more like hands, hands floating. Hands up. <laughs> Limbs up. <laughs> Hair up. Yeah. Yeah. I still um, have a... Uh, you know, I follow all of the, you know, NASA, Instagram, whatever. I follow them constantly. I still have a twinge of regret there that I, that I wasn't an astronaut. I don't think I would have become one. I don't oh, think I God, no. Not with any of the tests. With those sharp canines? Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would have pierced the side of the ISS yeah. instantly. Oh, God. I just, I'd love that. I'd love that. Go up in a, in the... ISS and do some experiments and float around and push buttons and switch switches and put on a little panto for the other a little show yeah (laughs) space show and I do believe in our lifetime there will be a point when 
space travel or at least going out into space and coming back will be a thing people could eventually do that's something you'd be like oh my god yeah sign me oh yeah i do that hands down but it's odd because there is a part of actually there's something that's intriguing to me about the science Mm. job part so like right you're going to get into space you take these bugs in this plant and you're going to test gravity and 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 pipette stuff in zero gravity and you know figure shit out the curiosity of it the like the intrigue the knowledge you're not interested as much of space tourism of like oh i i saw stars i saw things how cool what i haven't experienced now it's great but you'd be like okay while we're up here we're gonna have beer fear how does it affect the space How does space affect their fit? Let's overshare and then wake up the next morning and panic. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, how do we look at the star? I always think like I'm fascinated how they how they figured out the distance of stars and the light and the you know all that stuff. I'm just yeah, get me in the room with the equations. I will add nothing of value, but I want to be there. Great unintentional pun of get me in with the equations. I will add nothing of value is. Oh, yes. I've also been asking everybody, inevitably, when you're a guest on a late night talk show, what is a story you'd like Mm -hmm. to tell? It's tricky because I actually have a fear that I'll, again, share some shit myself story. And by accident, out of fear, just you just sort of, it just comes out. There's few stories that kind of in my life have endings. They just said, this happens and that happens and that. And then, and then it continued to happen. Like, I think there was something randomly came up recently because of the astronaut thing. I remember I had a flash and a memory, but you know, when you get a packet of a memory, you go, whoa, what the hell? I didn't, I completely had like sandboxed that memory. I was 11 and I really wanted to fly to space. Um, <clears throat> so I built wings. I got bamboo from the garden and constructed a skeleton of wings and then got trash bags and covered the wings in trash bags. And there was two of them. The soggiest wings you could imagine. Just <laughs> just prolapsed <laughs> wings. These are just terrible. And I crawled up on the roof of our house and I was like, great. I'd done the experiment. You know, I'd sit in my head, been like, this is, this is how this works. Um, and my mum came out just for I was about to jump and bless her for the hindsight to know not to scream at me because she just, I could see the fear in her face. She went, you know what? A real scientist would sort of go in stages, wouldn't they? They would sort of figure out maybe from the picnic bench, how that would work first. And then, you know, reach up the, the heights. And uh, I didn't listen. I jumped and I flew. No, I didn't. No, I came down and I jumped off the picnic bench and, and fucking pancaked and everything fell apart and my my faith in my engineering skills was shattered. That was when I decided I could never be an astronaut. Yeah, you were just like, it's acting for me. It's acting for me. I'll just play astronauts. Yeah. I can't build wings. It was crushing, literally and figuratively and emotionally. I kind of wish your mom would have come out and be like, good for you, give it a jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're like yeah fucking go for it learn this lesson yeah learn it now when you fell off the picnic table did you did you wake up and you're saying all this stuff and they're like what is england what are you talking about (laughs) you you haven't grown up there yeah you're in burbank what the fuck are you talking about it's not a real place oh god that's worrying i did hit my head pretty hard 
all coming together. It's all making sense. Well, before we duck out, Georgia, do you have any things you're currently working on for the listener to keep their ears and eyes peeled for? Other than the, yeah, spirit stuff, which fingers crossed there's new new episodes and new seasons and open house. I'll keep everyone up to date on that. We can we can sell that. And uh, yeah, I'm writing right away new, new pilots and uh, things like that, which has been fun. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Georgia, yeah. for coming on the podcast. It was great to see thanks you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for the listeners for listening. I'm your host, Daniel Acker, and this has been Almost Almost Famous. Thank you.